0: Good morning. How many of you are glad you're here? Well, that's about half of you. So that's good. Okay. You got to have a starting point so you know what you're dealing with. Listen, we've been on this series, uh, this journey of truth. And I'm telling you, the more that we move in this area, of course, we know the word is truth. And then the question is, as James put it, and we're in James this morning, but not on that particular verse, that We're not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so the question for all of us is all the time, am I truly doing what God is allowing me to hear through the word and the work of the Holy Spirit? And that's a legitimate question. So this morning is, who goes there? Friend or foe? Brian just did our military Bible stick which, by the way, if you can contribute, that is an amazing ministry. Some of us served in the military, and when you were on guard duty, and someone approached you, it was, who goes there, friend or foe? Now, as James is writing here in his book, in my mind, as I read this, particularly in chapter 4, where we are today, it's like, well, who goes there? Friend or foe? Because when we look at the scripture, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? He's writing this to Christians. This is not not a message written to the world. This is a message written to those who truly know Christ. But there's issues. And so back it up just, just a hair. And the question is, Remember the old movie, You Can't Handle the Truth? Well, this one is, Can You Handle the Truth? It was so funny this morning. I'm going through a couple of devotions. And one of them was, people leave. Now, listen to this. I, I I know it's true, and that's why it didn't shock me, sadly. But people leave church because the church is proclaiming truth now think about that because what are we told by paul when he writes to timothy that in these last days people want someone to tickle their ears they want them to say what they want to hear and make them feel good and so if you came today and you're hoping to get one of those messages about feeling good this ain't today because we're going to take the scripture and what it says, and then prayerfully, only by the application of the Holy Spirit, can we truly see how this will play out. And so, first of all, the first thing that Timothy, excuse me, that James says in chapter four is, What causes quarrels among you? In other words, Why are Christians fighting? Have you ever driven down the road and you see the sign and the building for a church building and by the way that song we just sang remember that was talking about us that's not talking about this building this building is a building now we should take care of it it is a place of worship it's a place of study it's all the good stuff that god provides for us but it's the building we are the house of god so when you're in walmart where's the house of god 729 village street no no It's where you are when you're at work, where's the house of God, where you are when you're at home with your family behind closed doors, where is the house of God? That wasn't rhetorical. Where was the house? Where's the house of God in your home? Okay. So as we talk about that and think about that, we're so we're talking about Christians here. Why is there fighting and fussing is what he's saying? Don't they come, look at the scripture now, don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Ding, ding. You have conflict in you for different reasons. And we could go through a myriad of reasons, but you have conflict inside. And as a result, what do you do? You project that to other people that's why i have this on my desk you guys know that oswald chambers is one of my favorite writers in fact he and i have been friends for so long he's been dead for a long time but he and i've been friends for so long i just call him ozzy and so when i get up in the morning i'll say ozzy what you got to say today well this was from one of his writings as i get older am i getting more nobler more helpful and more humble am i exhibiting the life that men take knowledge of as having been with jesus or am i getting more self-assertive more deliberately determined to have my own way i want to rephrase ozzy's quote as i live life every day that includes all of us am i more nobler Am I more helpful? Am I more humble? Am I exhibiting the life that people take notice that I have been with Jesus? Now, all of us have a story. I hope that you have learned to tell your story well about what it is for you to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how that relationship continues to mature as you get older I'm gonna tell you a little story I used to love to horse ride horseback ride every Sunday we had a group of people who would go trail riding this was when I was a teenager the guy who led that was all teenagers except one guy who led it and his name was Vernon Abney have I told you guys the story Well, like one person who was here years ago said, it's okay, Steve, as we get older, we don't remember anyway. So So every Sunday, Vernon Abney would lead this group of teenage boys and we'd go trail riding. So fast forward. I leave that community. I grow up. I join the military, go through school. I'm now pastoring. And then this incredible thing happened. My dad, who had come to know Christ years before, is now surrendered to a call to the ministry. And he is pastoring a church in Ohio, which is where, you know, we we grew up. In fact, some of the folks who are here, Carol's back there. Some of the ones who went with us on mission trips to help my dad in his church. But when he first came to the church, he called me, said, Steve said, would you mind coming up and doing a meeting for us, a revival meeting? You know, we used to have those and they actually used to work. We have a whole lot of other stuff today. So anyway, so I go up and I'm walking the first night I'm walking in the church and I start down the aisle and I look to my left and there is Vernon Abney. Vernon Abney was not the guy I would expect to be in a building called church. Just so you know. Vernon had chewed tobacco so much. He had permanent tobacco stains down both sides. You know, you you thought he had a Fu chew, but no, it was just tobacco stain. I said, Vernon, (laughs) what are you doing here? He said, well... He said, somebody told me that God made a preacher out of you, and I want to come and see if it's so. So that kind of gives you an idea of what I was as a kid. The service is over. I make a beeline for Vernon. I said, well, Vernon, is it so? He said, it's so, and got up and left. (laughs) I've never seen him since. Now, all that to say, we all have a story. Some of us, our story is worse than others. When I arrived at college, I've done my military time. I have been all that a sailor was supposed to be, and all around the world, different places. And here are all these young guys right out of high school. I'm preparing for ministry. They're preparing for ministry. And in our process of getting together, having meetings, Bible study, etc we would share our story. So I would share my story of how God gloriously saved me and brought me out of the life that I was in and how happy I was that he was doing what he was doing and how grateful I was that he had shown his grace for me. And I would tell my story. And these young guys right out of high school, right into college, preparing for ministry, would say, man, what a testimony. I wish I had that testimony. I said, wait a minute, what is your testimony? Well, I came to know Jesus when I was a little bitty kid, and I've loved him all my life, and I was raised in a biblical godly home, and, and now I, I'm called of God. I'm here to serve him. I said, are you kidding me? That's the testimony I want. That's why here is so exciting and so amazing and so wonderful that we have these godly homes that kids are being raised up in to honor Christ, love him. They're not all called in ministry, but we're all called to minister in whatever capacity God chooses for us. And that's why when we're busy doing what God has given us to do and realizing that we all have a story and we all have things from our past, we've dealt with rejection, we you know, all the stuff that so toxifies our life. And so what sadly we do is we start taking it out on each other. That's why there are fights and quarrels and fussing. But he goes on and says. They come from what's within you. In other words, it is imperative, all of us, continue consistently to allow the Holy Spirit of God to show us what's in our life so that as he reveals those things to us, we can deal with those things and move on because that is not where God wants us to stay. He says, and also, not only that, you desire... But you don't have. Now, let's think about this. Let's think about the fact that we're talking to those who know Christ. And you're wanting something, but you don't have it. So what do you do? So you kill. Whoa. James, are you sure you're talking to the right audience? How many of you in here have, don't please don't raise your hand. How many of you in here have ever killed somebody? And I'm not talking about military service. That may be part of it. And the answer I would hope would be nobody. But what he's talking about is there's a, There's different ways to kill people. You can slander them. You can assassinate their character. You can do all sorts of things to bring damage and harm and hurt to people's lives. And you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So what do you do? You keep on quarreling, keep on fighting. See, unwilling to deal with the real issues in our lives. We just create chaos and confusion and mess, whatever we're involved in. And then he says, he's, he's kind of given us a list here to, to look at it, and we're, it gets better so you know the truth is the good, there's good news, okay? We'll get to that some today, more next week. But you don't have because you don't ask God now the question is what's he talking about he is talking to those who know Christ about their prayer life do you know that prayerlessness is a sin Psalm 66 16 through 20 look it up prayerlessness is a sin God has done everything, giving his son, his son dying for our sin, giving the Holy Spirit in order that we can come to him. He's made it all possible. And he says, one of the reasons you're not getting along is because you don't have what you want, but what what you want, you're not even bothering to ask God for (laughs) this this is where it's like okay is there an end to this when you ask you do not receive so he, he goes from you're not asking and now he says you are asking but you're not receiving why because you have the wrong motives because you're wanting to spend it on your pleasure you're wanting to live out your pleasure. So here, here's the question for us. And remember now, James is writing to who? Those who know Christ. So if you're here today, James is writing to me and to you if you know Christ. And what is he saying? It's time for us to hear the truth, but then do something with the truth that is transformational to the point that oswald chambers makes it so clear that people can realize you are different because you have been with christ in the new testament when the disciples were arrested they said these guys have not been to school because that was a big deal for them in the jewish world but yet they're so sharp why because they've been with jesus see What's so really cool about that? That's not based on education. It's not based on social economic positioning. It's not based even on your appearance. It's based on your relationship with a holy God through a loving Savior by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this thing about pleasures. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be very careful because I'm not going far on this one because I promise you I'll be in trouble if I do. We are now in a world that is so consumed by pleasure. What is the next thing? What is the next event? Again, it doesn't mean that everything like that is wrong. That's not the point. But it's, if you cook it all down, it comes down to one word, me. It comes down to me. How many relationships are people in that they've never even bothered to ask God if they should be in that relationship, particularly as you're headed for marriage? How many even, I even hate to bring this one up, because we have such horrible employment right now, not because jobs are not available, but because what? People aren't willing to work. I ordered some paint the other day. Some paint. And they said, we're sorry. We don't have the base for the paint that you need because there's not enough being supplied to us. This was at a paint store. This wasn't a box store. It was a paint store. That's all they do is paint. Why do I do the job that I do? Why have I chosen this vocation? What is the will of God for me? In every area of our life. This has to be paramount for us to know what God wants. I'm probably already in trouble. I'll just keep going. How about our children? What are we really doing with our children today? Is it me or does it seem to appear that in So many levels, we're just having the children biologically, then kind of farming them out to whomever. We have a group that meets weekly, and one of the guys in the group was sharing. He said, our kids expect us to raise their kids. Now, if you look at our family, we have three children. Each of them have one child. You know what we told them when they were growing up? You marry the person that God wants you to marry. You have the kids that God wants you to have because you're going to raise them. we're not. And that's what they're doing. It's every area of our life. Why don't we do what we do? And so much of it, if we really get honest, we would have to say, it's about me. It's about me. It's what I want i was doing marriage counseling a few years ago and just so you know it ended badly one partner said i'm all about making memories i'm just all about making memories as long as we can make memories and another partner said i'm tired of paying for memories i'm tired of paying for memories all those memories cost money i'm tired of paying for memories what does memory start with? Memories, what does it start with? Thank you. Listen, I'm just trying to explain what James is saying here, that it really is time for the churches, particularly in our strategic time of history, that we get this right so that we know exactly what God is doing so we can walk this out and honor him in the process. But it goes on. This one... You adulterous people, what is it like when you find out that your mate is having an affair with somebody else? Oh my goodness. What is that like? James says, You are married to the bridegroom who is Christ. Don't you know, he says, that friendship with the world means enmity against God? So when you're choosing to be a friend of the world, you're choosing to be an enemy of God. How does this work out? How, How can this be? Well, if you go back through the process, it started with me. It ends with me. It's what I want. It's my pleasures. It's my desires. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in in the church today. And again, he's talking to the body of Christ. This is not a message to the world. Anyone who's putting those things of the world before God. Remember what we're talking about? What's the next thing? Again, there's nothing wrong with having things. Please don't read something in here that's not here. But the question is, does God want you to have it? Years ago, when we did the financial training, we've done different methods of it through the years. And we had this thing that we would teach people that when you go to look at something to buy it, you don't buy it that day. You give yourself at least 24 hours to pray to determine if that's what God wants you to have. Now, you have to go back and look at what the scripture was earlier. You do it for your desires. You do it for your pleasures. And the question is, do you do it for him? Whatever it is. The ultimate outcome, do you do it for him? Is it really For him, can you honestly say, or instead, have you chosen, well, you know, I really want this. It's really nice. Well, that can happen in a relationship. That one's prettier. That one's more handsome. Whatever. That one's got more money. James says, if you choose to flirt with the world, as it were, What you're doing is you're choosing something other than God. And so again, is it any surprise that as we're in this last stage of history, that the church is not as vibrant? Now, please understand, we're talking, I'm talking this morning, I'm referencing, as it were, the Western church. Because I'm telling, do you know that some of the fastest growing churches in the world are in some of the worst parts of the world? Iran, the church is growing amazingly. China has just tightened the screws even more on Christians in China. Other countries. And so, with that in mind, as we have seen this debacle in Afghanistan, people are praying that this will be the time where the Spirit of Christ ministers to folks and it so changes their life that revival comes out of a nation that just went through all the mess that it has but here we're so comfortable and and please don't misunderstand me i like it i like being here i've had the privilege of traveling to other countries and and every time i come back i say thank you lord i'm glad i'm here i like this place But that doesn't give us an excuse to say, well, I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to kind of be whirly for a little bit over here. You know, I'm going to go to this party. I'm going to go see this. I'm going to be involved with this person. I'm going to choose this habit or whatever it is that's contrary to the word and will of God. all this is going on, James says, do you understand? Do you understand how jealously the Spirit longs for your total, total commitment and surrender? Do you get it? He's not beating us up. He is bringing conviction. But after a while, when you ignore conviction... It's gone. Here we come to the rescue. Another song that we sang a while ago. But he gives us more grace. If we're here today, we're recipients of grace. And that's why the scripture says, listen carefully. God opposes the proud who shows favor to the humble. See, that's why all that stuff gets started, because I'm more about me and who I am and what I've done, rather than, Lord, I surrender to you. I want your will. I want your kingdom more than anything else. I want you. I am desperate, desperate, desperate for you. So I'm going to put you first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all this is added to you. God says, I'm not against you doing these things and having these things. I want you to do it in the right way so that I can be glorified and I can be honored and I can be praised for who I am. I love that phrase again, and I want this true for my life. Am I exhibiting the life that people will take notice That I have been with Jesus. See my life and lifestyle will demonstrate that. It will be demonstrated that way in my attitude. In my vocabulary. In my expenditure of money and time and effort and energy. In all those ways. It will be revealed. So here as I finish today. We are going to go more into this next week. But we're seeing a phenomenon in our time in history where more and more people are being diagnosed with strange, mysterious, almost diseases. And I'm not, I mean, COVID, of course, is part of that, but uh, other things as well. And so we're going to continue doing what we've started doing before. If you're here and you need prayer. We want you to come for prayer. We have deacons. We have elders here. We have those who minister um, in so many different ways. And so if you're here, I'm going to lead us in prayer in a moment. And you want to come down and get prayer. And maybe you're here and you want to stand in for somebody like Carol has stood in for her son, Ray, who's going through one of those mysterious things in his life. So stand in for people. But let's, let's, as a church, take this seriously. And believe that the fervent, effectual prayers of a righteous person avail much. And we need to be doing that consistently, praying for people. And, and I, I would love to tell you that every time we prayed for somebody, they got instant healing. That has not been the case. We have seen people get healed, and we praise God that they have. And there are times when we haven't seen that happen as we would desire to be. And so it all goes back to, God, what do you want? And why do you want it this way for this person? And that's all back to we don't want to continue to commit the sin of prayerlessness. We want to be able to know what it is that God has for us and desires for us. And what he desires for those we're praying for. So let's pray. And you have children. Go get your children. But uh, we want to make sure we honor our workers. Father God, would you stand please? Thank you for the joy this hours in you. To be here, to be your kids, and Holy Spirit, as you've taken the word today and prayerfully put your light on us and we can see what you want us to see and we're able to deal with it, knowing that we do so by grace, grace being that unmerited favor and that enabling power that you provide for us, your grace upon grace upon grace, your word here says more grace, So thank you for doing that in all of our lives and letting this time together be so transformational that we as the church rise up to be the church of Jesus Christ, that we truly leave here helped and equipped and strengthened to go and do your work and do it well and do it unto you. And thank you now for the ones who are here who need prayer, that we can minister to them in the way that you desire. We pray this, Lord Christ, in your name. Amen.